In a world of bus schedules and business calls, sidestep into a realm of Koigyu casting in Klingons. Okay, people, get your geek on. Hi everyone, it's June 15th, 2012, and you're listening to episode 43 of Knit One Geek 2. I'm Karen. And I'm Maggie. And we're coming to you from Table Rock in Niagara Falls. Where I am watching a very famous tightrope act right now, and Karen is not. Yes, I have my hands over my eyes. I cannot watch. This is very tense kind of stuff. I don't care how monumental this is. Not watching. Okay, that's fair enough. As of the time of our recording, the walk started five minutes ago. And, so. we, are, and we do not have the TV on. No. We are not watching this. I have no intention of watching no, it. No, I can't do that to Karen. I don't care if he's wearing a tether. I don't care if, you know, magical fairies are flying around him and will protect him if he falls. I'm not watching. That's fair. I don't like heights. And I have no desire to be all like, ooh, let's see if he falls to his death. Believe it or not, that's why I can't watch the figure skating on a lot of the Olympics or shows is because I feel really bad for them if they fall. I'm sorry, I do! Okay, that's maybe going a little far. Yeah, no, <laughs> I, I'm sorry, I can deal if somebody, if somebody falls from bungee jump or a great height or something like this where they, they do the circus act and whatever else, but I feel really bad for them if they're doing a routine and they fall on the ice. I just feel really bad for them. Okay, yeah, never mind. Okay, moving on. Adventures in knitting! <laughs> da, da, da. So you don't care if the a skier falls? That's sort of like heroic kind of pain. Okay. Th- th- there's nothing heroic from like falling in your sequin tutu. That, that's yes. just flat out embarrassing. There's, there's nothing that can be saved from that. Okay, yes, adventures in knitting. Let's segue far, far away. <laughs> yes. Segue back onto the topic. Alright, so we hope that everybody's been doing decent amounts of knitting since we left you. Karen and I both have been doing knitting. Karen's got more finish than I do, but that's yeah. pretty much par for the course. You said it's par for the course, and I've been working on the same damn things for the last three podcasts. Uh. <laughs> so, yes, despite the fact that I have been extremely busy the last couple of weeks, I have actually finished stuff, mainly because most of that stuff was like playing garter stitch or stockinette in the round. So, I have finished the deduction shawl. da 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 in the sense that I have cast it off. It's not blocked yet. Not in the sense that it's been blocked yet, really. You need to expect this with me. <laughs> in case you haven't already figured this out. But yes, I finished it at Knit Mate the other night. It was kind of nice when I got down to the last few rows, because it's like, just zoop, 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 back and forth really fast. Because as I mentioned before, I've been doing it. It's a triangle, triangle shawl, and I've been doing it from the bottom up. So each row gets shorter as it goes along. And that was the stuff I was doing from the Aslan Trend Santa Fe fingering weight yarn in like a navy blue, and then the yarn I dyed myself in the purple shirt of sex colorway. Now, is that triangular or is it crescent shape? Triangular. Okay, no, it's, it, just it's, look, it just looks cre- crescent on the needles. Yeah, just because the way the needles were holding it, it's definitely triangular. Okay. I wasn't going to try and do math to do a crescent-shaped shell. But yes, and that's the one where I, I did like a little band of the, the navy blue at the bottom, then a wider band of the purple in like a little stitch pattern-y thing, and then just basically like two row stripes of each color going back. All the way up. All the way up. It was really nice. I kind of want to do another one. Maybe not from, maybe this time from the top down. Just for experience or? Just for experience. And also like I did look at the the amount of yarn that I had left over and I'd be like, oh, I could have done it a little longer. But then again, the thing is, you know, when you're doing it from the top down, especially if you're going to do put some sort of kind of border or something on it, then it's sort of like you tend to stop too early and have yarn left over because you were like, oh no, what if I run out of yarn? Especially when you're like halfway through a bind off edge and you run out of yarn. Yeah, that's never a good thing. That's shaking your fist at the heavens type of thing. So yeah, that's finished and I need to block it, but it's really pretty and mm. I love it. <laughs> I kind of like that little the little stripiness. Like I said, I, I want to do something else. Okay. With that. <laughs> you, you go with that. And I also finished, as I said, the arch shaped socks, which are the, the socks with that arch shaping that sort of wraps around your foot. Yep. And again, finished in the sense that I haven't kitchenered the toes yet, but you know, the main <laughs> sock is done. Those I actually finished up pretty quickly this week because it was just straight. Like I had to do a little, most of the, the patterns for like arch shaping in socks, they don't do anything special for when you get to the toe. But I find it really hard to do the toe in something with arch shaping without doing a little 
short row insert on one side because basically with the what the arch shaping does is it puts the stitches on an angle so actually the the bit at the bottom of your foot where you've been increasing right is a little further down your foot than the top of your foot so you can t- sort of makes an angle okay sort of back towards your leg for the top of the foot but because of that like when you start doing like toe decreases and stuff like the bottom can be longer and the toe can be not long enough and like i get i just found it i tried doing it like just normally and it just came up really i was being really awkward and stuff so i was like screw it i will go back and i will put in i put in a little bit of short row shaping on the top so that it was roughly the same length as the bottom and then do the regular toe shaping Okay. I don't know if this is something that anyone else has ever had problems with, or if it's just me and my feet or something, but I don't know. I just thought I'd throw it, that, I'd throw it out there in case anybody else wants to try and is sort of like, what is the deal with this foot? <laughs> I'll make a guess you're not the only one that's had that. So since I finished those socks, I cast on some other socks. Oh, and it is so pretty. What are you going to name those? I have no idea. I was planning on doing a different pattern, but then I was sort of like, nah, I'll just do my own thing. So As Karen is wont to do sometimes. Yes, and I wanted to do lovely little twisted stitch cables. So I got out my German twisted stitch knitting sort of stitch dictionaries. Right. I am not going to try and print. I have the German book, so everything in it, in it is in German. They're by Maria Erlbacher. E-R-L-B-A-C-H-E-R. But they've actually been reprinted by Schoolhouse Press in the States. And so the twi- the, t- the American title of it is Twisted Stitch Knitting. So you can easily find it at like a bunch of different places, including the Schoolhouse Press website. And I love these books. <laughs> it's actually, I say books because the, the German ones are in three separate volumes. The When they republished it, they did it in one volume. Okay, makes sense that way. In the States. But they have such gorgeous little twisted stitch patterns. So I picked a couple and it's just one wider twisted stitch pattern and two sort of more cable-y looks a bit more like a regular cable on either side and it's just so so logical in the- <laughs> <laughs> it's very contrary to the arches socks that you've just finished a bit yeah and i mean i got the first pattern repeat done so from there like i either know how things are supposed to go or i can look down like the only thing i really had to look down for is like oh, okay so the first time i cross them i cross them with the you know the left going over the top and then right. the next time i cross them it's with the right going over the top that sort of thing just so i can double check to make sure i'm doing it the right way and i'm doing this in some dreaming color smooshy yarn that i've had in my stash for god knows how long it's in the in vino veritas colorway <laughs> so it's all lovely sort of it's it's generally sort of a, a nice burgundy yep. red but there are little bits that are slightly more purple or slightly more red in it and i love it it reminds so me much. very much of cranberries and christmas yeah it's a very it's a basically a cranberry sort of color and i love the christmas if you've never worked like twisted stitches like twisted knit stitches against a pearl background and especially not twisted stitch cables mm-hmm. they just oh the twisted stitches just pop off the pearl background more than regular knit stitches so the the cables are just so crisp and most of them are basically each sort of rope in the cable is one stitch wide mm-hmm. so they're just they're just so crisp and intricate and lovely and wonderful and i love them to pieces these are all things that make karen happy yes these are a few of my favorite things <laughs> And then last night we went to see a movie. Yes, we did. So I brought my movie socks Mm -hmm. and I am done the foot on the second movie sock. I did the heel when we got home. There you go. Okay. So those are progressing along. I'm probably, it's probably going to be like another two movies. There you go. And And we've got Brave coming up. Yes, we have Brave next week. And there's also Abraham Lincoln. Abraham Lincoln. Vampire Hunter. Vampire Hunter. Yes. So after those or, you know, who knows, maybe another Avengers viewing i'm kind of tempted i think you need an intervention one of these days (laughs) well hey i'll get to that a little later actually okay not the intervention but yes that's been mostly me i've actually i'm kind of surprised i finished that stuff because um this week the second largest branch in our library system has been moving which means which on the one hand means yay full-time hours which on the other hand means oh dear god i have been falling asleep at 10 30 at night because I am tired. This, from if moving. you have to think about it, packing up a library. Yeah. Like all the books on the carts have to get put in boxes and sent to yes. the new library and unpacked. And all the boxes have to be labeled because you have to take them off the shelves in a certain way. Yeah. So that when you unpack the box, you can take it out of the shelf, out of the box and put it right on the shelf without, with minimal sorting. 
to put them in order. This is not how the typical family moves house. No. And then you have to, like, label all the boxes. And all the boxes have to be stacked in, you know, in their order and stuff like that. And you're constantly, like, whether you're the person who's, like, pulling stuff off the shelves or the person who's packing the boxes, you're constantly going kneeling, crouching, standing, kneeling, crouching, standing, kneeling, crouching, standing, up, down, up, down, up, down the entire time. It's calisthenics. Yeah, I'm going to have amazing legs. <laughs> the muscles in my legs are definitely going to be improved after this. But yeah, so it's been it's been a really busy week. I've barely been home. And I have been super tired. So I'm actually kind of surprised I got that stuff done. And I'm kind of glad that the cabled socks are sort of at that, yay, I know what I'm doing phase. <laughs> yay, it sort of looks like I know what I'm doing over here yeah. with needles and string. And I can just pick them up for a few minutes. And done? Yes. Okay. Moving on to you. I has on my foot one of the catnip socks. Ooh. And... I think this is one of my best fits so far because, as anybody who's been listening for a while will know, one of the biggest problems about knitting socks for myself is that I always make them too big and I wind up giving them away. I finally managed to start gauging it much better for my own foot. I will admit it looks like I stepped in grape jam or something like that. It looks like you've been doing the grape stomp at the annual, uh, well, now it's the Niagara Wine Festival. But it is pretty, and I like it very much. Yeah, it's really pretty. Okay. I love the color. And it does look like it fits really well. Like, I see it's not really bunching anywhere. Yeah. Or... Now, I made a knitting list of what I had planned to knit for the rest of the year. Because you are more organized than I am. Well, I don't know how that's supposed to work, because you're getting more done than I am. I didn't know about that. I realize that, you know, the Olympics are going to be here really damn soon, so I need to get a move on with these cardies that I'm I'm knitting. Yeah. Or one of them's have to go in, going to have to go in hiatus. Yeah, and that may be the ruffled cardie because um yeah, I'm still on that one by one ribbing. But my blueberry Your vodka lemonade cardigan is is progressing. Is progressing really nicely. I am now down to the point on the main body of the cardigan where the very next row I start the lace repeat. And Ooh. that's been all segmented out with stitch markers and such. Yeah. So I really, because it is a cropped length, yeah. it's not that long, this does not have that far to go. No, I was going to say, I was going to say, how far is the, the lace repeat? How the lace is like? repeat is probably that long. So about two, three inches? Yeah. And immediately after the lace repeat, you start the bottom border. Ooh. Immediately after. So it's that and two sleeves, and the sleeves are three-quarter length. They're not even full-length sleeves. Ooh, a nice little shaping. Very slight shaping. Yep. So this may get done fairly soon. In fact, I really want it to get done fairly soon. Mm -hmm. I'd be very, very happy. But the big happy news is that there are new yarn goodies that Karen has not even seen yet. So I got to go to Wabi Sabi in Ottawa. Wabi Sabi... I asked, and it means finding the beauty in things that are not perfect. So it's that whole concept. Like, say, knitting that you've made one little mistake in. <laughs> it is now a design feature. Mm -hmm. So? Oh, and I should mention, it's spelled W-A-B-I-S-A-B-I, -A -A and it's two separate words. Wabi-sabi. And it is in downtown Ottawa. There's some stuff in here that you will look at, and you'll say, okay, you picked this out? And I'm like, uh, yeah, I'm trying to broaden my scope <laughs> here. Okay? Yes. I'm trying to... <clears throat> so first up is Sparkles. Ooh. This is Green Thumb. That's the colorway. Ooh, it's Turtle Pearl. Turtle Pearl Yarns. In her Moonbeam base, which is, you know, sparkly. This is so. my, I think this is my very first sparkle yarn. Other than the, other than the stuff I de-stashed. Yes. This is your first actual purchase sparkle yes, yarn. Yes, purchase sparkle. Yeah, 75% merino, 20% nylon, 5% st Stellina sparkle. 438 yards, it's pretty good. Mm-hmm. And, of course, the green thumb colorway is just so perfect for you. You wouldn't say that if you saw my yard. Meh. But you you love gardening, so. I do. I do. You don't have to be good at it, even though you are. I'm not going to Oh, and you can right also now. find Turtle Pearl online at turtlepearl.artfire.com. So there's that. Next, Caddy Clue Fiber Studios. Huh. I don't think I've heard of them before. Organic Merino Fingering Weight. Not Superwash. 410 yards. I'm trying to remember. Yeah, Salt Spring Island. Oh, nice. Oh, and they have a website. I'm going to have to check that out later. www.cattyclue.com. K-A-T-T-I-K-L-O-O.com. I am going to have to check them out because, oh my god, this stuff is gorgeous. It's sort of a loosely spun two-ply fingering. They had a segment on the walls 
where they had the loosely spun two plies together, mm-hmm. and then the single plies yeah. collected together. And they had, what's different, at least for me, is that I got a variegated color, when I would normally probably have gone for a single color, but they had just the coral, just the blue, you know, just yellow, just various other mm-hmm. colors. But what I got was something that came in a coral blue and gray. Yeah, like a light blue and a light gray. And a light gray and a light light pink. And it doesn't come with a color name, does it? No. Oh, we'll have to make we'll have to give it one. It's so lofty and fluffy. Mm-hmm. And I have squishy. no idea what I'm gonna do with it. Okay, close your eyes. Okay. This is a squoosh factor one. Oh, oh my god. Eee alpaca. Oh my god, this is gorgeous. I know. I really wanted to support local producers. Yep, as we do. And this was literally farmed from the alpaca in the area. Yeah. Magpie Hill Alpacas. They have a website at magpiehill.ca. Yeah, North Gower, Ottawa, Ontario. And it's just a natural white. So soft. And it looks like a lace weight? It looks like it, yeah. Maybe sort of edging towards figuring because it has that lovely halo. Just barely. Oh, it's so soft. I just want to keep hugging it. And the last bits are some standard company names that everybody will know. This is Barocco, their Blackstone Tweed. And this is, I mean, they name stuff in there with numbers, but this is along the fawn kind of colors. Yeah, it's 65% wool, 25% mohair, and 10% angora rabbit. So it looks sort of like a like a off-white sort of natural colors. Yeah. I don't know. I've never, I've never made anything with the tweed before. Yeah. Oh, this feels really nice, too. It feels so cozy. Oh, man. I can imagine, like, some nice cozy mittens made out of this or something. <laughs> and the last thing I have is this Ultra Alpaca Fine. Yeah. Again, Barocco. Again, Barocco. Because my father's asked me to knit something for him to drape over his shoulders for the back of his neck. When it's cold. <laughs> You're doing air quotes. Yeah. When it's cold in, in the, the Bahamas. Bahamas. My father has a condition with the back of his neck. Mm-hmm. It's part of a herniated disc. Mm-hmm. So for anybody who doesn't know, whenever cold air or any, really any air movement goes across the back of his neck, it, it's really painful for him. Mm-hmm. And even in the Bahamas, he'll walk around with what people might think is a GQ attitude because he'll be draping, you know, the sweater across his shoulders and letting mm-hmm. it... But it's in fact to keep his... His neck warm. So he's asked me to knit him something that's sort of somewhere between a Pashima shawl, just just very simple to lay across his shoulders. Mm -hmm. So that's what this is for. Yeah, nice dark charcoal gray. I love that color. And I got got to, yeah, (laughs) I got to do all this on Knit in Public Day. And as a matter of fact, while we were at the store, kids were setting up outside. I'm I'm sorry, kids were setting up outside to Mm -hmm. knit. Yay. That was really cool. There were two other knitters that were older, two older ladies. Then there were two girls mm-hmm. and two boys. And all of them were knitting. And I asked the kids, how long have you guys been knitting? And the funny thing was the boys have been knitting longer than the girls. Because <laughs> they learned it in school in something like second grade. Yeah. And the girls had only learned in the last year to 18 months. Mm-hmm. But I... Really applauded them. I thought that was very cool. Yeah, that's awesome. Yay, young knitters. Yes. Oh, and speaking of Worldwide Knit in Public Day, I know it seems like most places celebrated last week on the 9th, but there's a few local knitters that will be getting together tomorrow because it's technically it's sort of all week long. Yeah, Knit in Public Week. Especially because they know that they, I think originally it was one day and then they sort of made it two Saturdays because TNNA. Um, the National Needlework Association, big trade show for shops and things like that, always fell on one Saturday. Or I think there was another big event that fell on the other Saturday. So finally they were like, well, let's just do both. Which is good, because I was working last Saturday. I have no idea what I'm going to do with half of this stuff, but I guess that's what having a stash is for. Yes, it is. So that when you want something to knit, you just go into your stash and you'll be like, what do I feel like working with today? It's actually starting to get to that point. Yay! Yes, Monogamous Maggie is fading fast. Yay, you have a stash. Yes, I have a stash. Because when you actually reminded me about the sparkly yarn that you de-stashed to me, I'm like, oh, yeah. I need to go back and look at that. Yes. So anyways, that's Beamy. Yay, acquisitions. Yay, acquisitions, but I think I'm good now. I have been very tempted to go to Toronto sometime soon, but I'm trying to hold out until the TTC knit along. Oh, yeah, that's right. (laughs) That's coming up. Okay, so shall we move into Geek Squee? 
Geek Squee, let's do it. Hey, and actually, you know, I was mentioning a minute ago about, you know, the whole, uh, kind of tempted to see the Avengers again. Well, there are some rumors that that might be made a little easier because Ain't It Cool News and ComicBook.com are both reporting that Marvel and Disney are toying around with the idea of releasing a director's cut of the Avengers sometime in August. Oh my god, for theaters. Mm -hmm. Like in theaters. That'd be the first movie I can think of to do that. I would have like a second flux of I can't, inflow. I'm trying to think of another one which did it this soon after because, of course, you know, there are the, the Star Wars re-releases. Whatever, whatever. But I, I have a feeling there has been one or something that has done it, but I can't remember. I can totally not remember it right now, so. Not when it's close, count. at least. Um, yeah, not the soon after wow. the original release. So... It'd be like opening night all over again. 30, well, they have 30 extra minutes of deleted scenes that they're going to put on the on the Blu-ray DVD. So if those were added in, Dude. I would be all over that. Yes, I know. I know. <laughs> like, I need an excuse. But but yeah, like I said, it's, it's sort of like heavy rumor, don't know exactly how serious this idea is. But then again, you know, even if it's heavy rumor... And even if they weren't really considering it, if the fans then freak out, like, yes, I want this, it might they come, might consider it. It will come to fruition. <laughs> yes, it might be a self-fulfilling pro- prophecy. But you never know. We'll find out. And it's not like I wouldn't go see it, the original version, again. <laughs> anyway. So we do have lots of movies to see in the next few weeks. Yes, so. <laughs> we do. Summer blockbusters all over the freaking place. And then another little movie news thing. I think we mentioned before... Or at least I know one week we had int- at least intended to mention, I don't know if you ever got actually around to it, is uh, they're doing a reboot of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. And apparently it is being directed by Michael Bay. Lots he, of Splody. Of the Splody and of the Transformers and stuff and, and the things where, you know, Splody and Babes seem to be the, <laughs> the first two priorities. Well, apparently Paramount has stalled pre-production on that for a while because of it's a, the, the reason they're giving is script issues again with the finger quoties because as I mentioned to Maggie before you have to wonder how bad the script is for a Michael Bay if it's a Michael Bay, Bay film, movie yeah <laughs> and they're pausing it for script issues so what I heard was that they're no longer because I will admit this I was a huge turtle fan in my earlier teens. Mm-hmm. Huge freaking turtle fan. Mm. My brother was just insanely. And so my my brother emails me when he finds out about the TMNT thing and says, okay, so how do you feel about this? Because all of the other fans are up in arms that they're being turned into aliens instead of being the mutated turtles. Yeah. And I kind of told him, well, sorry, dude, I spent all my turtle points when I was 15. I really don't give a damn. But, yeah, that's the concept, is that they are not any more mutated turtles. They are aliens. Therefore, half the name of the movie no longer applies. Yeah, sort of. They're teenage, and they're ninja, but they're no longer mutant turtles. They might not even be classified as ninjas. I mean, for all we know, all (laughs) aliens, like, they eat breakfast with pointy object size and katanas and things like that. Yeah. You know, the crazy martial arts skills, or martial arts-esque skills... Might be... A side effect of Earth's gravity, for all we know. Yeah, or might just be normal to them or something. Not like actual, like, training they have undergone under a... Mutated rat. Yes. (laughs) A mutated rat sensei. And of course, this thing, from what the article said, it's obviously a huge budget picture. So, like I said, if it's a Michael Bay movie and they're pulling it for script issues... And pushing back the release date. Apparently it was supposed to come out in December 2013. Now it's looking more like May 2014. You have to wonder how bad the script was. I mean, okay, like the, the scripts for the Ninja Turtle movies were 14, so they were a little yeah. bit on the, on the cheesy side, and that's fine. Yeah, I remember seeing the Ninja Turtle movie in theaters. Dude, I saw the first movie 36 times. Not in theaters, but... I've okay. seen it 36 times. I was going to say, I usually tend to lose count once it comes out on DVD. No, I kept track. That's how much of a turtle head I was, <laughs> dude. Redhead, opinionated, I was April O'Neil. 
But the thing is that everybody who would have been a turtle head has now grown up and expects a little bit more out of the Yeah, movie. that's the th- I mean, and that's the thing, like, and that's one of the reasons I think in some ways some of the, the Transformer movies have been especially made fun of. Because, I mean, yeah, you're going for the current kids. I mean, that's probably who they're, a lot of who they're aiming for. But I think they're also aiming for a sizable demographic of people who remember it from their childhood. Yeah. And possibly, you know, possibly to get two birds, one stone, trying to get the parent who remembers it from their childhood and their kid who is now of an age to be interested in it. And I think that's why a lot of geeks make fun of the Transformer movies for being kind of not well written. Yeah. Because their their tastes have matured a little. I don't I don't envy any of the movie writers that Yes, I'm sure they have great jobs, but they have a really hard audience mm-hmm. to satisfy. And then some other geeky news. Hopefully everyone who's listening to us has uh updated their browser to something not Internet Explorer. Because if this next trend catches on, you might be paying for that. Um, Literally. Yeah. There's a company in Australia. It's an at, Australia-based online store. Yeah. At www.kogan.com slash au. And what they're doing is if they purchase a product on their website with Internet Explorer 7... They get charged an additional 6.8% tax on top of the order. Now, if that ain't a deterrent, I don't know what is. They actually have a little notice that comes up on their website when you're placing an order that says, you know, it appears you or your system administrator has been in a coma for over five years and you are still using IE7. To help make the internet a better place, you will be charged a 6.8% tax on your purchase from Kogan.com. This is necessary due to the amount of time required to make web pages appear correctly in IE7. Yeah. Yeah, I know I've seen, I was reading a more complete article and they said that, you know, they have to spend a lot of staff time making sure that they can actually, the pages will actually display properly yeah. in Internet Explorer 7, you know, which is a browser that they says, you know, hasn't really been updated for no, five years. In the coding classes <laughs> that I'm actually going through online, I do some online courses at home and in each one of them, they said, okay, now everything that we have just told you, here's the exception to the rule. It is called Internet Explorer. Mm-hmm. And this is what you have to do to get around it. And at that point, everybody in the online class sort of goes, uh. Yeah, I know. Like, I mean, we still have, we have Internet Explorer 7 on a bunch of our work computers, except for the ones where I have installed Firefox. And yeah, there's so many sites that just do not display properly anymore no. on Internet Explorer 7. So they're not just doing it to be dicks. I mean, it is... It is a problematic browser. That's yeah, it just... is, they are it, they are having to take. It is something where they have to take extra time, extra manpower, and therefore pay extra hours of you know salary to yeah. people to actually you know make this compatible with this one browser. And actually, it's interesting. I found this on geeksoresexy.net, and they said that one percent of their visitors, the geeks are sexy visitors, use IE seven, and one percent use IE six. I know. That might, of course, that's probably skewed quite a bit because these people are geeks and geeks tend to update browsers. Unlike people who, you know, just get a computer and then never think to update the browser. Oh, <laughs> or yeah. Change browsers or don't even know their other, other browsers exist. Well, some people don't understand what a browser is. And that's yes. not, that's not being mean. <coughs> no. That's just, you know, some people yeah. are latecomers to the whole internet game and yeah. they're just taking their time learning. But And they also offer, like, at the bottom of the little warning thing, it says, avoid the tax, use a better browser, and it gives, gives you, you options, yeah, all sorts of options to what to a browser you can download that will work. Happy times. So, at least they give people some alternatives. Especially considering, like, depending on what you're ordering from that site, and considering they seem to have, like, electronics and stuff, that tax can add up quite a bit. Yes, it can. And the little example they have there, like, someone's buying a Blu-ray player and a TV and... The total cost, the the tax on the purchase is like forty one dollars. Yep. The tax, the the Internet Explorer tax. So yeah, might want to update that browser. Also for security reasons, because if the browser hasn't been updated in that long, um, yeah, security problems. Security, spam, viruses, malware, all sorts of stuff. Yeah. Protect your computer. Get Chrome or Firefox or Safari or Opera or something that is being updated. Yeah. <laughs> That's our little PSA. Practice safe web browsing. Yes. Protect yourself. As they say in the Bahamas, protect your tings. (laughs) Tings being whatever you want. So, as we mentioned before, we went and saw a movie last night. Yes. 
Otherwise, we were going to be falling very far behind in the whole movie review. Yes, especially with the, with the breaks and with Sherlock yeah. and stuff. So we got to go see Snow White and the Huntsman last night. Which we have been talking about for a while. Mm-hmm. And some of the listeners have actually been able to go see first. Yes. Before us. So, non-spoilery overall thoughts? Okay, non-spoilery thoughts. I think in this review, you and I are going to differ on a couple of things. Yes, Because we, we already had this conversation a little bit on the way back from the movie. I enjoyed the movie, and I, I can honestly say I enjoyed a lot of the movie. Yeah, are there things that I would change? But I was able to enjoy all of, pretty much all of it. It got, I think, a 6.7 on Rotten Tomatoes. Mm-hmm. So it is in the fresh category, but just barely. Yeah, I'd probably give it about a six. Okay. What about you? The visual effects were amazing. Yeah, see, the, that's the thing. With, was... with this movie, I kind of have to compartmentalize a number of things. Overall, I was sort of... You seemed disappointed. Not really disappointed, because I wasn't really emotionally invested in it being a good movie. I mean, it's I save disappointment for things where I'm like, oh my god, I really hope this movie is awesome, and then it turns out to be what? No. Um... <laughs> Like, disappointment, I would say, for something like Avengers or Brave or something like that, if they were actually sucky. Okay. But, I don't know, like, I wasn't disappointed, it was just sort of like, okay, that was a movie. <laughs> okay. You know, okay, it's like, okay, you know, that was worth the nine bucks, but not it, really... It, not not something that... Overly impressed? It didn't get you in the feels. <laughs> no, my feels were unmolested. <laughs> <laughs> well... The costuming was definitely yeah very well done. I yeah, think. I mean, and this is like I said, this is where I have to compartmentalize because there are certain aspects of it that were like, damn, that was awesome. Like the visuals, the costuming, the cinematography, the the sets, and everything like that. The Huntsman. That was, <laughs> well, yes, those <laughs> visuals were very. nice. The Huntsman got two thumbs up, and this is no spoiler because you see it in the trailers when he's standing in front of. The queen, you know, and he sort of shifts his, his garment. He's like, okay, I'm fine. What, whatever, I'm here. And I hear it sort of like creak and I can almost smell the leather. And I'm like, oh, yes, I can adjust that for you any way you want. See, I don't turn on the mental smell of vision for that because my, my brain will insist on not only adding the leather, but the haven't showered in three weeks. No, I, I, I no, <laughs> discard that part. Discard that part. I'm able to compartmentalize that part. I smell the leather <laughs> and I smell like the the wet pine or something Musky. like that. Yeah. Stuff like that. Hunky man smell. I didn't even smell the booze on him. <laughs> Anyways. What did you think? I know you're sensitive to music. What did you think of the score? I really liked the score. You did? But then, of course, I found out at the end that it was by my film score boyfriend. So, okay. Yeah. Yeah, James Newton Howard did the music. So, oh my God, I love you. So, of course, it was good. Yes. The visual effects, I thought, were really good. Yeah, visual effects were really good. Some of them were were used in a little bit of a strange way that you were like, what? Yeah. Okay, then. Freak? (laughs) They They were very well done. Yeah, and they just tied in with that whole visual yep. experience of it. Like, it's, the visuals are very impressive, and I'm, I'm willing to put, you know, a vast deal of my $9 ticket towards yeah. that. The, vi- the, the visuals, the score, I yes. would, and the costuming were lush. Yes. So the rest of it would be the storyline and... Lush, I should say, I should say lush in, like, texture and yeah. depth. Not so much in color, because it is yeah, yeah, very because it is, monotone. Yeah. As in, right for the picking, and why am I still going on with the whole fruit thing? Anyway. It's Snow White, man. Uh, Come on. Yeah, it's subconscious, whatever. The other amazing thing, of course, is Charlize Theron as the queen. She was fucking brilliant. She was amazing. She was so creepy. She was creepy. She was beautiful. She was scary. She was heartbreaking. Yeah. Like, there were times when you wanted to root for her. Yeah. And as... A... Which I'll get into a little bit further. Yeah. <laughs> Later. Though in some ways it, it does kind of show up. Kristen Stewart's not quite as strong acting. Well, and we'll get into that. Yeah. And I think I can say non-spoilery, the plot and the story was kind of where it was lacking for me. I've, I've seen a lot of reviews where it's it's been called, like, it wobbles all over the place. It rushes and then it lags and then it rushes and then it lags. Yeah. I've seen that a lot. I can't agree with certain parts of that. I guess I was just easygoing and I was willing to accept it. <laughs> all right. So shall we get into spoilers? Yeah, stuff? we can go spoilery from here. Okay, so as usual, I will put the num- the time code in where it's safe to come back. It'll be in the, the little file that comes with the actual MP3 profile or it'll be on the website. It'll be on the Ravelry group. <laughs> And there'll be a big spoiler warning at the very beginning of all of those, so you can tell when to come back. So, spoilers from here on in. So, 
Okay, I want to do this for every movie that we see. Standout moment in the movie. Not doesn't have to be your favorite, but the standout moment. Thinking there was that one moment where, like... See, most of the ones I'm thinking of have to do with the queen. That's fine. Like, the one where she... After the bit with the apple, when the two... When she transforms from, you know, Snow White's buddy, childhood buddy. Will. Yeah, William. Into herself, and then into, like, this flock of ravens, basically. And then you see her, when back at the castle, you see her, the ravens sort of come in, and, and then she's sort of like crawling out of this she literally pit came of oil. poured down and just went spat into this, what looks like thick black oil, and yeah. she's just sort of clawing her way out of it and stuff. And that, that was a moment where I was like, damn, Charlize, you are bringing it. <laughs> Not only, because then you have the, the visual of the of them fighting her, and it, you know, when she just breaks into all these, you know, birds that just fly off, and then her acting as well. I think everybody's seen the big raven coat by now, where yeah. it's a high collar that comes up to her cheekbones. It's it's vivid. Yeah, it was one of those moments where, I mean, I was slightly pulled out of it, in, a sen- in the sense that I was like, damn, girl, that would have been a hard day's shooting, yeah. and I give my props to you. Yeah. <laughs> I can I can just imagine what it would have been like going cut okay let's shoot that one more time and you could just see the look on her face going uh huh <laughs> right if anyone sneezes during this take I am killing them <laughs> and she just has like as the queen she just has such a presence on screen mm-hmm. like every time she's in the scene it is like you are riveted to her because she just like I said she has this presence this sort of malevolent force I read that two of the other actresses considered for the role was Angelina Jolie. Yeah, I can see that. And Winona Ryder. Yeah, maybe I can see that. I can't see Not quite as strong, but... Because she has the big dark eyes, but I can't see her being menacing. I could maybe kind of see it, but I don't think... It's just the mental image of it is not as strong as... Mm. Charlize Theron. Like that's that scene where she's bitching out her brother for letting Snow White escape. Oh God, yes. She, I mean, dude, holy crap, that's scary. If I was in his shoes, I'd been pissing myself. Yes. Like the way she was angry at him. She oh my God. was. She was really throwing it. Like a fury. Like like balls out fury. Yeah. Speaking of which, that actor, he wasn't wearing a wig. That was his hair. That was his actual hair. He said instead of... It's, that bowl cut was his actual hair. It was a page boy cut. And anybody who doesn't understand what that means, think of the Beatles bowl cut, but right at the front at the brow, it's cut up so that it's like a window yeah, so the, around the your bangs, face. The bangs are a little higher, but it's still like directly yeah. right across the forehead. And it's I a, read... It's insanely dorky looking, it is, really. Yeah, he said <laughs> instead of wearing a wig, he had his actual hair cut that way. He said it was great for the movie because it very, needed very little, you know, mm-hmm. taking care of. He said, but it was crap for civilian life. Yeah. And I'm like, uh, yeah. Because then you go walking around looking like a Can you imagine dork. going into Starbucks like that? Oh, yeah. Invest in the ball cap. No Definitely. kidding. Especially the very, like, white blonde yeah. hair. It just looks wrong. They had a very twisted relationship, them two. The brother yeah. and sister. I, yeah. But, I mean, we get to see that little glimpse of very early... Ravenna's life. Childhood, yeah, of their life and how they she sort of got sent down the path. Which was kind of also one of the problems in the sense that it was nice to get that for her. And it's really nice the way the Queen's character was very... Was guess, deeper in that sense. Yeah, it was... But it also kind of made it show what that none of the other characters were developed quite that much. Yeah, there was a, there was a lot of development of the queen and there was just a lot of snow white traveling because i think in the queen you got to see her anguish and you got to see her fury and you got to see her goals mm-hmm. and you also got to see her motivation why she yeah, does what she that does in- yeah that insecurity that drives her but snow white you just sort of have the standard backstory other than the only thing that's really different is you know obviously i don't remember in the actual story she's in this story she's actually like locked in a tower yeah for her entire life yeah. Like in a, in not in like a, you know, princess tower, in a dungeon tower. I think, I, I will agree that there is a lot of Kristen Stewart doing the whole staring blissfully into the eyes of a creature, a person, or into a space. Yeah, or just staring. Mm-hmm. Not so blissfully, just staring. And I think the purpose of that, because... I mean, let's remember, she's not the one editing the movie. Yeah. The purpose of that was to show her innocence. Yeah. Giving her as much benefit of the doubt as I could, I found it really hard to separate her from the whole Twilight 
saga, and I didn't even see the movies. Well, she because just... when they were standing in in the they were standing in the woods, and she gives that very chaste little kiss on kiss to what she thinks is Will. Mm-hmm. What did I say? Watch out, he sparkles. Yeah, like I mean, I can see I see someone else described her expression in Twilight as vague surprise, and I, there was a, a kind of a lot of that in this one. See, I really, really wanted to give her the benefit of the doubt to get out of the Twilight yeah thing, and she does show a little more in this movie. I just I think they but... could have chosen a better actress. I think for yeah. this part, and it, like I said, it, it w- and it would have been better too if they maybe developed Snow White's character a little more, other than in the whole like oh she's special sort yeah. of way, you know. Maybe like developed, yeah, just developed her character maybe a little more because again, it doesn't. Because then the character just is, is sort of is just sort of there. Yeah. And then meanwhile, like I said, the queen has a lot more depth and presence and charisma and damn, she's awesome. Okay. Now, one of the things that we disagreed on, you thought that in the middle part, it could have done without the dwarves. Yeah, I mean, like. I thought, I see, when we got to the end of the movie last night, it felt sort of, looking back on it, felt like the middle part feels really long. And I was thinking to myself, and I was like, you know, you probably could have taken out, could have taken out everything with the dwarves. And it would not have changed the story. Because, I mean, if she, if she and the huntsman just find that little glade with all the happy, fuzzy animals and the fairies and everything like that, and she has that moment with the big, you know... The deer, the the white Harry Potter's Patronus... (laughs) And we see her interacting with the fairies and stuff like that. Like, we still get the idea of she is somehow special, special. I don't see, I, I just don't see what purpose the, the dwarves. dwarves served other than to be, do the whole she's special thing as like actual exposition. Oh, and yes, yeah, side note, by the way, if you've ever had nightmares about Gollum, be prepared. In my opinion, the fairies are creepy. Yeah, they're creepy looking. They look like Gollum. Granted, they're fuzzy golems instead of slimy golems, but they still look like golem. And they pop out from the chests of birds. Yeah. That was freaky creepy. Okay. It's, it's almost like, you know, the, it's almost like the birds had little, like, kangaroo pouches, and they sort of pop out from there, and you just don't see the pouch until they start appearing. But it, it's it's kind of creepy. Or it looks like the birds are possessed. Yeah considering Gollum's the one that's coming out of their chest. But. Yeah, but I mean, it's not popping out of their chest in a, you know, alien sort of way. I think so. Not, no. Okay, not, or not, it's not, not, it's not, it's not the like, blood ripping yeah. kind of way. Yeah. See, I like the dwarves, if for nothing else, because of the sacrifice Gus made. Meh. See, you're meh about it. We all <laughs> know that somebody had to die. One of her supporters had to die, had to be the sacrifice. And the youngest of the dwarves was the one that eventually took an arrow aimed at Snow White and dies as a result. And over his funeral pyre, the rest of the dwarves swear loyalty to Snow White for to with her mission. Yeah, I just don't see why you need any of that. Would it be just too romantic, quote-unquote, if it was just her and the huntsman? I don't necessarily think so, considering the amount of time we see them just alone together as it is. Yeah, they don't really have like a strong There is not a romantic overtone in this movie at all. There's like a subtle bit a slight hint of one. There are subtle bits, but there's not a strong Yeah, It's really not a focus of it, which I kind of like. Yeah, that was because it's not like it's not just about like of course there's a chick as the main character we have to have a r- r- romantic storyline. I mean, there's a little bit of one like, but it's definitely not like a major part of the story. Only just enough so that you know when the snog happens that wakes her up, it actually makes sense. Yeah, <laughs> considering the whole like you know true love's kiss breaks thing. the spell. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Like I said, I just I think you could have cut the dwarves out completely, and movie would have made total sense. Which is not a good thing for people to be saying about your movie. Well, a lot of it was eye candy for effects. I mean, yeah. when she fell into the fungus, like mm-hmm. the pods that release their mm-hmm. the hallucinogenic spores in the forest, and just started tripping all over the place. That <laughs> was freaky. Yeah, that was a cool kind of freaky. A lot of Again, that has nothing to do with dwarves. No, it doesn't have anything to do with the dwarves. <laughs> uh, there, there's a lot of effects that were just, that looked cool. The troll. Yeah. It, it was movie time that could have been there or could not have been there. Yeah. It just looked cool. Yeah, but I mean, in some ways, like, I, you know, they could have 
laugh they leave that you could leave that in as sort of like they have to go through these go through these obstacles in this creepy forest to get where they're trying to go. What would you like to see to develop Snow White's character more? Like memories of her father, her mother, the way that Ravenna would had memories come back up. Maybe not because I mean we do get the 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 backstory and we do get a fair bit of that. I think it's mostly like we see her as like a really young child until her father dies and then we don't see her until she's a teenager and it's like I would kind of like to know. See, I think I part of it I think would be I'd like to get more of a sense of the inner strength and survival she would have had to learn to deal with being locked up for like let's say 8 years. Yeah. If she was say ten years old when her father dies, and then and the queen takes over, and let's say eighteen when mm-hmm. she escapes, I mean, yeah. I mean, it's just sort of like they just sort of cut from one to the next, and I, I like to see more of like a a sense of a sense of how even it could be. I don't know how they do it through flashback or whatever, but you know, I would have liked to see more of like okay, so how did she get to this point later on? Like, what was there something that made her develop this sort of? Okay. Strength. I can see that. You know, what made her develop into something strong as opposed to just wilting away in the tower. Okay. I can understand that. Especially because she has been completely locked up for, like, years. At least the implication is... Well, considering the way she reacts when she gets out and she sees, basically, she's blinded by sunlight. So, And then we both thought that the ending seemed a little... Yeah... Anticlimactic. Yeah, I. I mean, the movie starts with a voiceover showing the concept of the beginning, basically giving us the the Snow White. Story. Yeah, the prequel. I would have liked to have seen or heard some more of that going. You know, ending the movie with another voiceover mm-hmm. saying, you know, plans for the future and maybe mirror it in the same garden with the same rose bush and. Yeah. Stuff like that. But it just sort of cuts off. Mm-hmm. And we're left going, okay, so the the whole romance interest that was touched upon and mm-hmm. was obviously pushed to the side because there are more important things going on right now, i.e. Yeah. keeping myself alive and killing the queen and getting myself back on the throne. Now that I have all that, I get to choose my handsome whoever whatever, mm-hmm. and the movie cuts off. It, it, it literally sort of almost feels like the movie mm-hmm. cuts off. Yeah, I think the ending doesn't feel as in proportion as it Parts should be the to the whole, like, how evil the queen is. Like, because, you know, the worse a, a villain is, the bigger the the bigger the final battle has to be, right. and the bigger the, we, we won, sort of thing has to be at the end, really. And the battle between her and Snow White really doesn't take very long. I would have liked to have seen probably a couple more setbacks for her. Like, in the fight, she she loses her shield, she loses... A hold of her dagger, but maybe lose some of her armor, maybe become scarred, or maybe, you know, am dangling out of the tower or something. I don't know, something like that. I would, see, I would have liked it a little bit more in the way that it actually seems more like an actual fight. Because really, it's just sort of, it was sort of Snow White being like a really horrible, really bad fighter and just going after the queen and the queen easily like dodging what she was trying to dish out and then. Well, logically, you know, she would have been a, a bad it. fighter. Yeah, but if we're supposed to be like, yay, she's badass now, she has leveled up to badass. <laughs> like, she should... I what well, I disagree put, with at a least lot put, of... At least put up a little bit more of a fight. Eh. Instead, it's just sort of like, she gets tossed around a lot, and then she gets in one lucky stab, and there we go. I get, I've been getting ticked off at some of the reviews that... Not reviews, but the synopsis that say that it... The huntsman prepares her to lead a um, an army, and no, he doesn't. He just keeps her the frick alive. Yeah, for most of the journey, he doesn't really. Yeah, he doesn't train her. He's not her mentor. Yeah, there's that. There's one scene where he's like, "Okay, you do this one thing, and you do this other thing, and then you're good." Which is exactly, of course, how it turns out with the queen yeah. at the end, because she does the blocking thing and then stabs her in the heart. Yeah, this is the foreshadowing highlighted in you know yeah. fluorescent yellow. <laughs> it was kind of hard to miss. Yeah. <laughs> But, yeah, he doesn't, you know, train her and like, no. okay, this is how you fight against, you know, multiple knights. You situate your cavalry here, you situate your infantry here, and yeah. catapults go this much range, and whenever you go up against somebody with this kind of training, it's best to know you're at... It doesn't yeah. go through any of that with her. I mean, he's a boozer. He's a drunk. 
Which then also makes the ending seem a little bit silly. Because there is sort of that implication that she's like leading this army against the castle. And it's like, she has no, no idea what the hell no. she's doing. She's really an icon in that charge. Yeah. All it's she really is like, is a figure. Or I think they're leaning a little bit on the, she is destined to yeah, be yeah. queen. There is that. There is that. So she is, because she had also remember. Sort of like an, seems sort of like an, oh shit, we need her to be able to beat the queen. Yeah. Um, she's destined. That's it. Yep. Prophecy. There we go. I mean, remember, she did have the, you know, get, she was in a white dress waking up from the spell, mm-hmm. coming out onto the castle grounds and making this speech that turns the population to her favor. Yes, the big Independence Day speech. Right. Or St. Crispin's Day, if you want to go with the classical version. So she is sort of the, the icon and the figurehead for the movement. Yeah. So she does have to be sort of like front and center. Yeah, it's just there also seems to be sort of an, an implication because she sort of tells them like, oh, don't worry, they'll actually get through the the into the castle and stuff like that. So it does seem almost like she's sort of setting up like she has planned some of this, but she doesn't know dick about leading an army, at least from what we've seen. I don't know, maybe she played cops and robbers with Will when they were five? Yeah, but I mean, and then like the end goes straight from that very short fight, which just sort of ends with her like getting in the lucky shot at the queen. And there's a lot of fighting going on during that season, but it's all the the guys who would otherwise help her getting stalled outside. Not actually a lot of Snow White and the Queen, like other than you know Snow White getting her ass beat for the most for most of it. And then it cuts straight to like her coronation, and there's a fair bit of staring on Kristen Stewart's part. Yeah, I will admit that. And it's and it's just sort of like there's that moment where like everybody is there even a point where people like cheer. There's um I think there's applause at least. Yeah, um... there's a bow, and then that's. Sort of it. Yeah, I would have liked and to have seen... there's more staring. I would have liked to have seen, like, a party or, like, flower confetti or, you know, the... Uh, Grand procession sort of thing. Yeah, like, something kind of festive. Yeah, a bit more. Again, in more... In considering how long this kingdom has been under the witch's control, or under the queen's control, I think they could have gone a little... And again, it seems out of proportion that they would go a little bit bigger with the whole, like, yay, we won. And I mean, you can easily fill in, like, there's nothing that they show that contradicts that. Like, obviously, this is the coronation, the formal part of it, but I think the movie could have shown a bit more. Yeah. Again, like I said, it seems out of proportion. Like, the the common folk celebrating in, mm. in the fields and everybody with roses in their hair and... Yeah, her, you know, going through the streets in a carriage or something and tossing roses at her or something. And they could still have that, you know, moment where she, like, meets the huntsman's eye and it's like, oh, hello. Okay. Instead, it's just Kristen Stewart staring. Yeah, okay. She does do a lot of staring. (laughs) I know. And I mean, it's partly the fault of the director, too. (laughs) Who should have been like, okay. And we don't get the resolution of the little love triangle because there are two men who obviously have interest, whether they admit it or not, in the princess. Yeah. And... Neither one says it outright, and neither one gets any sort of response outright. Yeah. I mean, you get that little bit of, you get a hint at the end. Yeah. Of like, she is obviously, like, which one she's obviously more interested in. And I mean, we obviously know which one is probably fated, destined to be more of her, because, you know, again, true love's kiss. Yeah. I mean, I kind of like that they didn't play it up at the end, because it wasn't such a, it was such a not as much of a factor during the rest of the movie so if it had suddenly become all like wee romantic at the end it would have been again it would have seemed a little weird considering they hadn't done as much okay and i think and i'd like and i like that they did leave the focus more on her becoming queen and you know that sort of whole thing not just the whole like the more traditional yes she has she is complete now that she has a man okay so i mean i like that part again it was just sort of like the re- the way they handled the rest of it just seemed like out of proportion. And FYI, there is already a sequel scheduled. Actually scheduled or yeah. just sort of talk? No, scheduled. Oh boy. Same director. I don't know what they're go- where they're going to go with this. My guess is that there's going to be a, a little bit of history repeating itself. Snow White's going to have a baby. That's a possibility of. Hey, Kristen Stewart's already done it once in a movie. <laughs> Meh. Which, you know, I wasn't thinking about that at all when she was, you know, Snow White was dead. Yeah, there's that too. like, where's Edward? (laughs) Quick, get the vampire venom in her. And there was a few other, there was quite a few things in the movie that sort of seemed familiar from other movies. Like, there was that moment, it was like, it seems almost like Twilight. One of our friends, too, one of my coworkers, Lillian, she also noticed, I noticed the very beginning, when you see the king, 
and his shield. He has an image of a tree on his shield. It looks a lot like the tree, the tree of, of Gondor. Gondor. Yeah. And I mean, okay, it, it fits with the kingdom considering the whole like theme they have going through the movie with that tree in the courtyard and stuff. So it makes sense. It's just looking at it. I'm like, that looks a lot like the tree of Gondor. And the castle looked to me looked a lot like Hogwarts. I kept, yeah, I kept calling it screwed up Hogwarts because it's a bit darker and like not as comforting and homey looking. This is what Hogwarts turns into when, you know, Filch is actually retired or sacked or whichever one comes first. <laughs> and when Voldemort has taken over. But yeah, like I said, it's, you know, I don't, re- as I've said before, I've seen much worse movies. I've paid to see much worse movies and I don't regret the $9. It's just sort of like, yeah, okay. I like it and I can overlook the staring because that's the point where I'll, you know, look <laughs> down and actually make sure that I haven't dropped any of my stitches. Okay, if you so- have seen it, let us know what you think of the movie. And, oh, the hell with it. Who do you want to end up with? I'm I'm all for the Huntsman myself. Huntsman. Will is obviously the, the cute, but, you know, not as cool as the guy who runs around in leather and looking dirty and stuff like that. And with that accent. Okay, sorry. Happy thought. Moving out, we are out of Spoilerville. Yes, no more spoilers. It is safe to return. And moving into Cravings, Covets, and Crushes. If you are not averse to children and you need cheering up, I have two Tumblr sites for you to look at. This is adorable. Oh my god. First one is cosplayingchildren.tumblr.com. The second is nerdbabies.tumblr.com. And on these two sites, there are many, many pictures of adorable little children in costumes. All kinds of geeky, geeky costumes, mostly taking pictures. The cosplaying children one, a lot of them are taken at cons that I think that the person who runs the Tumblr has been to, but also photos they find. The Nerd Babies also has pictures of kids that people have submitted in, like, you know, nerd glasses and stuff like that. There's a little bit of overlap between the two, not surprisingly. Cthulhu Baby! Oh my god, Cthulhu Baby. I hadn't seen that one. The, the caption says, First Halloween, cutest elder god ever. So yeah, there's kids dressed up as, of course, like, superheroes. The itty-bitty Han Solo with the dog as Chewbacca is brilliant. Mm. Baby Jane from Firefly. Lots from Star Wars. Oh my god, that was a zombie baby? Yep. Zombie ba- baby, it looks like it's clawing its way out of its mother. Oh my god, that's a zombie walk. That's fantastic! And there's also some really cute ones of, like, entire families that have dressed up. Look at the little baby captains! Good grief. In the next generation captains, or bridge uniform. They're so cute, and they're, like, baby babies. Yeah, we're, we're talking, like, 18 months, Max. Yeah, nerd babies tend to skew, tends to skew younger, not surprisingly. Max from Where the Wild Things Are. And little baby bunting. There's a pair of twin girls in little dresses that sort of... Reflect R2-D2 and C-3PO. Yep. They're twins, actually. So yeah, if you're having a bad day, go look through these, because guaranteed, you will find something that makes you just squeal and flail. Baby lying on a dark rug with little stars and planets around, and the baby's in a little white yep. sleeper, and it's got a little... It looks like it's its head is lying on a paper plate, so it looks like a little astronaut. I've seen what this woman has done many times when her baby lies down just to take a nap. She creates environments around her baby oh, using yeah, I we, laundry. Yeah, I think we yeah, talked about it before. it before. Yeah, yeah. Guaranteed, like I said, guaranteed you will find something that will make you squeal like crazy. There was on Cosplaying Children, there was one with like a girl who must have been like, what? Oh, there's the picture. She's gotta be what, like six? Max. Yeah, six. And she's dressed like Katniss. Katniss. From the Hunger Games. And her little sister, or well, another little girl, is dressed as Primrose. Oh, and on Cosplaying Children too, there was that one. I have seen it, I had seen it elsewhere on Tumblr before, but there was that one with a group of kids dressed up as the Avengers. Yes, this one. Oh, that's brilliant. The guy playing, the little boy playing Hawkeye even has that, you know, snooty, yeah, indifferent he's got that look. Sort of, he's got that sort of serious face. Just the way he's standing and everything and holding the bow. He just looks so, so serious. And the kid, Loki. His little black widow. Little Captain America making a little fist. Oh my god, he's so cute. But the kid playing Loki. Holy crap. It looks like Loki. He's going to grow up to be a heartbreaker. Or she, actually. Or she. Or she. I I think it might be a girl. Okay, you know what? It doesn't matter. It's a good looking kid. But they look perfect. I mean, with the hair and everything. Even they look, she looks, or he or she 
actually looks quite a bit like the kid who played young Loki. Yep. In Thor. And is adorable. Though the one that really made me just... Seriously, I had my hands over my mouth and was like silent screaming into my hands at the cute. You were doing the half Kermit flail and half stifling yourself. This is... What we are looking at is a teeny tiny itty bitty little Snape. Baby Snape! Baby Snape in billowing black robes. Yes! And it looks like uh, he's holding two wands. So cute! But the child does have hair that's a little bit stringy down in front of his forehead. Yeah. And dark eyes, so it does have a sort of Snape-ish reflection. Yeah, and I mean, think of think of the, the sort of over-billowing overrobe yeah. that Alan Rickman wears in the movie, and then put that on a small child, and basically, like, it goes down to their feet. Actually, when it my brother... So adorable. When my brother graduated and he was putting on his robes for the very first time, mm-hmm. he said, this is awesome! I know why they wear these at Hogwarts! And the kid, the baby Snape, I should mention, they say, as they say in the, um, the caption, they look like they're about two to four years old. I'd say, yeah, two or three. I should mention, if anybody wants to see this, it is quite a few pages back. It's on page 23 when I'm looking at it right now. Because, yes, I found this and I was basically like, back, 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 down the tumbler hole I go. But, yeah, so hopefully that will brighten your day with the amount, sheer amounts of adorableness. Yeah, that is pretty, and it gives you great hope for the geeks of the future. Yes, the next nerd generation. Hail to the next nerd generation. <laughs> There's a few pictures in there where they're like, someone is doing parenting right. Okay, and I think it's time for us to go because we are yawning like crazy. Yep, sorry guys. I think this is a good hour later than I have stayed up <laughs> any night this week. So we're going to run so that everybody can get to their perspective beds and dream about, you know, hunt leather-clad huntsmen's. I'll be in my bunk. Yep. Literally. <laughs> in a minute. I've got to drive to my bunk. Anyways, see you later, guys. Have a good week. Thanks for listening. To visit our show notes, listen to old episodes, or leave something in our tip jar, you can visit us at knitonegeek2.emptypockets.org. That's K-N-I-T-1 G-E-E-K 2 dot M-T dash P-O-C-K-E-T-S dot O-R-G. You can also comment at our Ravelry group. Just search the Ravelry groups for Knit One Geek 2. We're also on Twitter. You can find us at www.twitter.com slash knitonegeek2. Have a good week, everybody!